For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject our spiritual journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. This is part 17 of the series. By doing, practicing, and living unrighteous behavior, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it is written, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Continuing on in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. By doing, practicing, and living unrighteous behavior, you will lose your inheritance in God. Paul explained this to believers in Yeshua as the Messiah in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 5 and 6, as it is written. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Messiah and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. So let's summarize this part of the teaching. The children of Israel dying in the wilderness or failing the trials and tribulations and persecutions that came upon them is given to teach us of the spiritual characteristics of a child in Yeshua. Number two, a spiritual child of Yeshua will not inherit the fullness of the blessings of the kingdom of God. And what is the fullness of that blessing? It is to be his dwelling bride who will live forever with him in the new Jerusalem. But instead, you will live in the outer court of heaven. An infant or a babe in Messiah is to grow in the milk of the word. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it is written, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. So we have a principle that a new believer in Yeshua as the Messiah is to partake of milk because there's a spiritual growth process. So a follower or a disciple of Yeshua will ultimately grow in spiritual maturity. So we grow from being spiritual children to spiritual adults or being spiritually mature. So a spiritual term for those who are spiritually mature in Yeshua is called Messiah. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, it is written, That we henceforth be no more children, the Strong's number 3516, the Greek word nepios, also translated as babe, being tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up 
into all things, which is the head, even Messiah. We can understand the principle how a disciple of Yeshua will grow in spiritual maturity from Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 and verse 14, as it is written. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. But strong meat belongs to those who are of full age, those who are spiritually mature. So this is the Strong's number 5046 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary, and it's the Greek word teleos, which means full-grown adult, full age or mature. So strong meat belongs to them who are full age or spiritually mature, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So in growing in spiritual maturity, a disciple of Yeshua will ultimately do away with childish behavior, which is walking after the flesh and our carnal mind, which behaves and reasons according to human nature, human desire, and the ways of this world. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, it is written, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So strong meat is for the spiritually mature. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. But strong meat belongs to those who are full age. In Greek, teleos, which means full grown, mature. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. A disciple of Yeshua will be spiritually mature in walking in or living their lives according to the knowledge of the word of God. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 20. Brethren, be not children in understanding, but in understanding be men. And here, the Greek word that's translated as be men is the Strong's number 5046 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary, and it is the Greek word teleos. Spiritual maturity is following the Torah of Yeshua. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 28 it is written, Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect. Once again, this is the Strong's number 5046 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary, and it is the Greek word teleos, that we may present every man perfect, whole, complete, mature in Messiah Yeshua. So this Greek word teleos was translated as full age in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. It was translated as men in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 20. And here in Colossians chapter 1 verse 28, it is translated as perfect. So Yeshua taught his followers to grow in spiritual maturity and thus be spiritually mature. And this is the goal of the disciple in Yeshua. In Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 it is written, And seeing the multitudes he went up into a mountain, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. And so he taught a variety of things, and then Yeshua made the following point in Matthew chapter 5 verse 48. Be therefore perfect, once again it's the Greek word teleos, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So is Yeshua saying that we're going to live our lives and never commit a sin? Is that what he means by be perfect even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect? No. We can walk in spiritual maturity and yet because we are human beings sin occasionally. However, in our lifestyle, we are not dominated by our flesh, the desires of our flesh, and we don't live as a lifestyle for those who are spiritually mature in Yeshua, according to natural eyesight, human reasoning, and our carnal mind. 
So the principle behind what Yeshua is teaching in Matthew chapter 5 verse 48 can be seen from the Hebrew in Leviticus chapter 19 verse 2 where the God of Israel instructed his people to be holy even as he is holy. In the Hebrew where it says you be holy, the word holy is the Hebrew word kadosh. And kadosh is not fully spelled. It has a missing Hebrew letter vav. But where the verse says, For I, the Lord your God, am holy, the word holy, kadosh, when it's referring to the God of Israel, is fully spelled. So we can have what the God of Israel regards as a spiritual status of maturity, and it still not be the same level of maturity as the Father who truly is without sin and thus is spiritually perfect. However, he regards us as having the status of spiritual maturity while we live in this world because we live our lives exemplifying spiritual maturity even though we may sin in our flesh occasionally. Following Yeshua, seeking to do his will in our lives, and living for his kingdom, to bear fruit for his kingdom, and to bring glory to his kingdom, is spiritual maturity. Yeshua taught in Matthew chapter 19 verse 21, Yeshua said unto him, that is the rich young ruler, If you will be perfect or spiritually mature, go and sell that which you have and give to the poor. In other words, whatever things in this life is keeping you from making a full commitment to Yeshua and to his kingdom, sell it. Don't let it prevent you from making that full commitment. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. So spiritual maturity in Yeshua is regarded as walking in the measure of the stature of the fullness of Messiah. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 it is written, Till we all come into the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. So the unity of the faith is the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect or a spiritually mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Messiah. So the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, and to be spiritually mature is equivalent to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Messiah. So notice, a believer in Yeshua can be a babe in Messiah, but he can also be at the spiritual level of the measure of the stature of the fullness of Messiah. Doing the will of the God of Israel in our lives is spiritual maturity. In John chapter 17 verse 4, Yeshua said, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished or brought to completion or fullness the work which you gave me to do. So our purpose in seeking to do the will of God in our lives is to bring glory to the God of Israel and glory to his kingdom. So let's summarize this part of the teaching. Number one, the purpose of Yeshua saving you from your sins is so that you can be a faithful servant to him and to his kingdom. Number two, in order to bear the most fruit in Yeshua's kingdom, you need to grow into spiritual maturity. Number three, the path to spiritual maturity comes from overcoming the trials and the tribulations of life while remaining faithful to Yeshua and his kingdom. So now let's remind ourselves of the goal of the God of Israel when he brought his people out of Egypt. For he brought them out of Egypt, which is a type of the world and the world system, to bring them into the promised land and take them to Jerusalem or Mount Zion, which is a spiritual picture of doing his will. So he brings us out of the world and saves us so that we can learn how to grow in spiritual maturity in him and seek to do his will to bear fruit and bring glory to his kingdom. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 22 and 23 it is written, And the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there, that is Egypt, that he might bring us in, that is the promised land, to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. 
And how do you receive that land? By inheritance. But in order to do the will of God in your life, you first have to hear the calling of God upon your life. And in order to hear the calling of God upon your life, you need to hear the voice of God. And this is represented by the Feast of Trumpets, which is a festival of blowing the shofar. So the sound of the shofar spiritually is associated with hearing the call of God upon your life. That's why it's said in Psalm chapter 89 verse 15, Blessed are the people that know the joyful sound, or in other words, that hear the voice of God. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. Yeshua explained that his sheep hears his voice. In John chapter 10 verse 27 it is written, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. If you hear the calling of the God of Israel upon your life, if you hear his voice, then obey it. In Hebrews chapter 3 verses 7 and 8 and verse 14 it is written, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, or his calling upon your life, harden not your heart, as in the provocation and the day of temptation in the wilderness. Don't resist it. For we are partakers of Messiah, meaning we walk in the fullness of the measure of the stature of Messiah, if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So ultimately, by growing in spiritual maturity, hearing the voice of God, obeying the voice of God, and seeking to do the will of God in our lives, we will enter into His rest, which is associated with the Sabbath, as the kingdom of God is eternal Sabbath. Eternity and spending eternity with Yeshua is eternal Sabbath rest in him. So it goes on to say in Hebrews chapter 4 verses 9 through 11 that once you hear the voice of God do what he tells you to do that in doing so there remains a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest that seeks to do his will has ceased from his own works or doing what you want to do as God did from his. Let us labor. And how do we labor? It comes from crucifying the flesh. It's from getting rid of carnal thinking. It comes by meditating upon the Torah of God day and night. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. So the God of Israel told Moses, When I bring the people out of Egypt, you will serve God on the mountain. So the God of Israel redeems his people from under Pharaoh and his authority from being servants to Pharaoh in Egypt to be servants of his kingdom. That's why Paul explains in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. So a disciple of Yeshua, who has a heart to follow after him and to do his will, will seek first the kingdom of God in living your life. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Yeshua taught, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Paul taught that we are to dedicate our lives for the service of the kingdom of God. In Romans chapter 12 verse 1 it is written, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies, which means your lives, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. A disciple of Yeshua will make following him, seeking to do his will, and to bear fruit for the purpose of giving glory to his kingdom as his primary goal or purpose in life. In Luke chapter 14, verse 33, it is written, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsakes not all, that is the things in this world that holds us back, who forsakes not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. 
We can see how Yeshua taught that a disciple of his will make following him and his kingdom his primary goal as he lives his life. From Matthew chapter 10, verses 37 and 38, as it is written, He that loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he that takes not his cross and follows after me is not worthy of me. In other words, Messiah and his kingdom is first, everything else is secondary. A disciple of Yeshua will bear fruit for his kingdom. Yeshua taught in John chapter 15 verse 5 and verse 8 as it is written, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him the same brings forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. So doing the heart of the Torah, which focuses on living a lifestyle of doing right and not wrong, and laying down your life for the service and the benefit of others, and to do good deeds and to show Messiah's love to them, is laying up treasures in heaven. In Luke chapter 12 verse 33 it is written, So that you have and give to others. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that fails not, where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupts. In other words, your reward in heaven is eternal. So Yeshua taught in Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 that we lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust does corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But instead, as Yeshua continues in Matthew chapter 6 verses 20 and 21, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So in other words, Yeshua is teaching that our heart, as we live our lives, is to be for him following his Torah and dedicating our lives for his kingdom the service of his kingdom and seeking to do his will in our lives that in doing his will for our lives we will lay down our lives for the help and the benefit of others that will result in bearing fruit for the kingdom of God and bringing glory to the kingdom of God Paul taught that we are to live our lives to do God's will and to give him glory. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 19 and 20 it is written, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, that is, in how we live our lives, in the decisions that we make, in the way that we live our lives, and in your spirit, which are God's. So we are servants of the kingdom of God to bear fruit for him and to give him glory. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 31 it is written, That according as it is written, he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. So Paul taught in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31, Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So let's summarize this part of the teaching. Number one, our purpose in life is to do the will of God in our lives. Number two, we are servants and laborers in the kingdom of God. Number three, we are to put the kingdom of God first in our lives and to dedicate our lives for the service of his kingdom. Number four, when we do good deeds to others and to love our neighbor as ourself, we lay up treasures in heaven. Number five, we are to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Number six, we do the will of God in our lives to give him glory. Number seven, by being faithful to do the will of God in our lives, we will receive an eternal inheritance. So we can see that the physical journey of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and going to the promised land, wherein the ultimate destination in the promised land was Jerusalem or Mount Zion, 
that their journey parallels and follows the order of the annual biblical festivals, beginning with Passover, proceeding to unleavened bread, first fruits, Shavuot, or Pentecost, and then the Feast of Trumpets, which is the festival of blowing of the shofar, and spiritually that represents hearing the voice of God and understanding your calling in your life. But walking and growing in Him is a journey where we walk from faith to faith from glory to glory. And as we grow in spiritual maturity, we go through spiritual transformations. So that journey of spiritual maturity is a journey that we be sanctified and consecrated to the Lord and to the service of His kingdom. This continual transformation as we spiritually go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, is represented by the high priest in Yom Kippur, who changed his clothing five times on Yom Kippur. So this spiritually represents our change in spiritual status as we grow in Yeshua. So in the book entitled, The Book of Our Heritage, Volume 1, page 96, by Eliyahu Kitov, he explained that the high priest changed his clothes five times on Yom Kippur. And each time he changed his clothing, he immersed himself in a mikvah, which is an immersion bath. During all of the service inside the Holy of Holies, the high priest would wear white garments. So we can see from what the high priest did on Yom Kippur in changing his clothes, he had to put off his clothes and then put on his clothes. So as we grow in Yeshua, as we seek to be sanctified unto him in the service of his kingdom, as we consecrate ourselves unto him, we go through levels of putting off the world and renewing our mind and following after the ways of Yeshua and our commitment to his kingdom, the service of his kingdom, and doing his will in our our lives. Paul explained in Romans chapter 12 verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So put off the world, put on renewing your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So dirty garments represents the sin of this world, and believers in Yeshua are commanded to put off the sin, the ways of the world, and carnal thinking, and put on Yeshua, which is putting on his Torah, meditating upon it day and night, and dedicating yourself to his kingdom and the service of his kingdom. In Romans chapter 13, verse 14, it is written, Put on Yahweh Yeshua HaMashiach, and in putting on Yeshua, you make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. So we put off the world, the ways of the world, the world's values, the world's system, walking in natural eyesight and carnal thinking, and we put on the Torah, the ways of God, which is walking in holiness. Paul explained in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 and verse 24, that you put off concerning the former conversation or way of life, that old man, and the way the old man thought, and the way the old man lived, which is according to deceitful lusts, and that you put on the new man, which is after God, created in righteousness and true holiness. We can see how Paul explained that believers in Messiah is to put off the world and the ways of the world and put on Messiah to be obedient to him, his Torah, his commandments, and to dedicate our lives to his kingdom and the service of his kingdom from Colossians chapter 3 verses 9 through 12 and verse 14 as it is written. Lie not one to another seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and you've put on the new man with well, that's going to conclude part 17 of the series on the subject, Our Spiritual Journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.
Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S T R A S B U R G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.